What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. This is the show where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And life on the road for us is kind of wild because now we have a little baby girl. Yeah, so we have to figure out what that's going to look like. We're working on our 1985 Toyota Sunraider to have that all finished up. But I don't think that that's going to be our family travel rig no definitely not i'm just gonna go out there and just say that because i don't feel comfortable with putting our baby in the back of that rig while we're driving it does have seat belts but it's not really like properly hooked up to the chassis and so on and so forth but we're gonna have to figure out what life is gonna look like for us and that will be a later podcast but today we have a couple on who has well one of them is kind of in their second you know, stint of travel life and living life on the road. And uh, he now roped his new lady and wife into it. It's really exciting to see other people go through their different stages of I it. I totally agree. Victoria and Rich, also known as GF Explorers, gluten-free. <laughs> gluten-free is what she was going for. <laughs> but yeah, gluten-free explorers, they're, they're on just their own path. And I think it's kind of cool that they're traveling around. He gets to eat kind of anything he wants, but she has to stick to this really solid, like, gluten-free diet. So I think it's really cool what they talk about later in the podcast. Yeah, and they share a ton of words of wisdom for people who are looking to kind of set up your life on the road and what that's going to look like for you. Obviously, they have a beautiful RV that they're living in, but the way that they got into that beautiful RV is really unique, and I think that for anybody planning their van life adventures, this podcast is going to be full of wisdom and tips and advice for to make sure that you get the perfect rig for you. And not only that, but also there's advice on how to work on the road in this one as well, which I didn't expect to get that from this podcast. But you, when you listen to it, you're going to realize that there's so many different types of jobs that you could do. And she even offers one to you. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like every time we talk to somebody new, we learn a new way to make money on the road. And I know that that's like people's biggest fear sometimes or the biggest challenge or hurdle that you have to figure out is how am I going to pay for van life? How am I going to pay for RV living? And really, there are so many options, things that you wouldn't ever even think of unless you're talking to other nomads and they're sharing what they're doing because there's so many unique different opportunities for making money on the road. And if you are making money on the road, you could really start to camp more in campgrounds and stay in places that are more luxury, uh, where you'll get like a swimming pool and, you know, all the different amenities and places to dump and all that stuff. So making money on the road is pretty important, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're just going to go for a week or two and you've got a chunk of cash, cool. But if you want to make it like a long-term lifestyle that you can enjoy for years to come, you definitely have to figure out how you're going to pay for that month to month. With all that being said, let's jump right into this podcast with Victoria and Rich. Today on the show, we've got Victoria and Richard. We're super excited to talk to you guys. So why don't you take us back to the beginning of your GF Explorers? How did you guys kind of like get on the road and where did this idea of traveling come from? It's all his fault. It is, it is my it's, fault. it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start us off? Yeah, so I actually, in a, in a previous life, all the way back to 2005, 
um, was born and raised in Michigan, had the idea to leave Michigan. Um, this was, we like to call this the, uh, the, the BV period before Victoria. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I actually full-timed in a, in a class A diesel pusher um, from 2005 till about almost 2008. So not, not quite three years, about two and a half years. Um, and then landed in Denver uh, of all places. And so landed there for a job primarily. So the idea wasn't to full-time for a very long time. The idea was to full-time and find the place that was not Michigan to, to live for a few years. So um, obviously life changes, things change. And I met Victoria in yeah. 2012. Yeah, 13, 12. Yeah, 12, 13, somewhere around there. And uh, yeah, the rest was history. We ended up getting married in 2015. And we first started having the discussion about going full-time. What about? Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor all, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Um, I think the first RV show that you took me to was, was in Denver, twenty eighteen, like, or I think it was seventeen or eighteen, but whatever. Yeah. It was it was the late late teens there, and um, at the at the time we had a business in Denver. We had a, a commercial gluten free bakery hence the GF in our names. And we were selling the restaurants and grocery stores and mm -hmm. that's where all of our time, energy and money was going. And we were, you know, we were gonna be the next big thing, which um, obviously it we're out on the road, out. it didn't work out. And when that didn't work out, um, it was quite devastating. I mean, cause we had, we had put everything into it and it wasn't, it matters were out of our control in, in many ways why it didn't work. And so we, we were just looking at each other so, you know, what are we going to do next? And right. and so we thought, hey, well, we've been thinking about this RV thing. So in um, right around when COVID hit, um, which is the business closed a month before COVID hit um, in March of 20, we put the plan together. So we're going to do this in two years. We're, we're leaving. We, you know, we've got two years to plan and get ready to go. And then April of 2022, we we were living in an RV. Yeah, and that that coincided with our son graduating from uh, from high school and moving on to college. So kind of the the stars and the moon aligned, and uh, it allowed allowed us to uh, yeah to do this, sell yeah. it all and go on the road. Yeah, and um, it, we've we've been loving it ever since. It's been what seventeen months now. Yep, that's awesome. Uh, what did you? How does your son feel about it? I know he went off to college and whatnot, but I'm sure he probably has his opinion, you know, on what you guys are doing now. Yeah, it was it was interesting. He thought he was going to college, um, but he decided college wasn't his thing, his jam. Um, and so we had already put all the plans in place. And so he knew we were leaving, you know, because it, it was a good life moment for him that he had this decision that he wanted to live on his own because he he wanted to he was spending part time between us and his father and he wanted to really be away from him and live on his own. And so he made that one decision thinking that's exactly, you know, nothing's going to change. And then he decides he doesn't want college. And so we're leaving. And so he's left in Denver 
you know, defend for himself, which he has done really, really well. He's got his own apartment. He's got a great job. He's got a girlfriend, everything. He gets is going to come well. visit us. Yeah. And we, we fly him out to where we are for like uh, once a quarter or so because we, we all miss each other. That's probably one of the hardest things about full timing is mm-hmm. being away from your family. Um, but he thinks it's cool. I, I, I'm very happy. I think he, he, he's like, Hey, my, my parents are cool. You know, <laughs> Or at least he tells us that. Yeah, and I think that it's probably something I wouldn't be surprised at sometime in his life he does something like that. But it, it for us, it's it's a good example to show him he can mm-hmm. do whatever he wants, be whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no, there, you don't have to do what society thinks or tells you. Yeah, yeah to you do. don't have to follow the rule book. Right, exactly. And that, that's why we're out here is we're living unconventionally and, and intentionally and with no apologies. Because there's some people we say what we do and they're they're like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, they look at you cross-eyed when yeah. you tell them that you, you know, you live, you you drag around your house with you. Yeah. But I will say the vast majority of people, and especially our clients, they're all like so they're just so interested, like, oh my God. How do you do that? How do you pick campsites? So they always have tons of questions. So I think for most people, they would love to do what we're all doing, but there's too many of them that that are afraid. They're afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell everybody who's listening what you are, what the house looks like that you're dragging around? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. uh, We are not camping, glamping, or, uh, or doing without, or doing without. We, um, we both work, uh, we run a uh, marketing company. And so we spend eight to 10 hours a day in, in the rig. So we knew that we had to have something that, that lived more like a, a small apartment than an RV. Than an RV yeah. we, we are in a, um, a Van Lee Villano 394 RK. It's a uh, 43 feet of goodness. His name is Howie. And Howie is pulled by our F-350 dually named Stella. And we're just one big happy family. <laughs> yep. And it is it is definitely not camping. Um, we have a we have a full-size dishwasher, um, all full-size residential appliances, full-size washer and dryer. We really wanted it to live more like a home than an RV, like we are on vacation. So that was kind of one of our criteria. We knew going in that that we were kind of going full bore. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you can bring all your clothes, all your activities, all your things. You don't have to pick and choose. You have yeah. everything right there with you. Exactly. Yeah, right. and, and we don't have to live on a daily basis like, oh, I, I didn't, I don't, we didn't bring that with us because it wouldn't fit. Cause then we would feel like, you know, we were on vacation, which we are definitely not on vacation because mm-hmm. we because we work. Um and I mean we brought as much as we could without going overweight, of course, because um, we we have the, the YouTube channel where we mostly do cooking videos. We do some RV lifestyle videos. So we have, you know, we have like a smoker, a grill, a pizza oven. A flat, we have like, a flat top. Yeah, you know, a Blackstone. So, I mean, we have all that. And then I also paint and I have my easel and my paints and stuff. So we needed a rig that was going to carry all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we, we love our Van Lee and um, it's very, very, very uh, homey. Yeah, I feel like the first thing I noticed when we got on the video call here was the beautiful fireplace roaring behind you and the yep. full-size couch. Like, and it looks very much like a living room that you would find in a, any home. The artwork on the wall, you know, it definitely yeah. is. Like, if I if I was, if you were like, hey, what are they in right now? I'd be like, they're in a house. Oh, well, that's a great compliment. I yeah, and, and that, that was definitely a conscious choice on, on our end. You know, there are there are tons of different ways to do this lifestyle. And I I think 
one of the things we try and talk about in our in our channel is there's no right way or wrong way to do this lifestyle. It's like you yep. have to do what fits right for your life. Like Victoria said earlier, we spend eight to 10 hours a day inside this thing, um, working and running a business. So it's very hard to do. You know, it's not that we dislike um, camper vans or cl- This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seas or you know small travel trailers. I mean, to even have less stuff would sometimes actually be kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's what works and fits for our lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. anything smaller wouldn't wouldn't work for us. Yeah, the way work. we're living right now. I mean, if we were retired, it'd be a totally different situation. We wouldn't have a rig anywhere near this yeah. big. Um, no. I don't think. No, because no. it's it's a it's a beast to drive. So yeah, yeah that's for sure. Yeah, we are our, our total. With the with the dually and the trailer is sixty feet. Sixty-two 60, feet, 62 feet yeah. in a in a full size semi is sixty-six feet, I think. Or uh, something. Or, give or, give or take. We're we're about five feet short of a of a full semi truck and trailer. Wow. Uh, that was actually gonna be my next question because even at 43 feet, just for the trailer, it's a lot of machine to like mm-hmm. move around. It's a full size bus. Yeah. So are you, does that kind of fit into how you travel? Obviously working full time, you have to have internet connection, things like that. So are you kind of, do you move once a week? Do you kind of find campsites and maybe stay for a month or like, you know, you've been on the road for a while. So what has been kind of the best pace for you guys living on the road full time, working with such a big rig? Well, typically we like to stay a month at a time. We're we are always booked out um, six to eight months months in advance. Right now we're booked all the way through April, which I think is about six or seven months. Yep. Um, and like right now we're in the middle of a we we did two weeks, two weeks, and ten days. So we're in the second which is two very weeks. Rare. Yeah, which is very you know it's like oh we're moving again, we're moving again. <laughs> but then after that we go to our month and month and month, and um, we'll be almost over two months in one place in Florida in, in the spring, which yeah. which will be nice. Um, one of the one we don't like to move a lot because it's a lot of work to move when you have the, mm-hmm. you know this bigger rig. And two, because we work, if we only spend two weeks in a location, we don't really have time. Yeah, we don't to, see anything. to do anything. So the month allows us to have to be able to work and to be able also to have time to, you know, check it out, see what's going on. So much like people that are in a stick and brick, I mean, we're working, you know, 40 hours a week during the week. So we only have the weekends to go out and visit places. Yeah. So two weeks, you don't have much time. Yeah, you spend a whole month and you might get five weekends, but you actually get to so maybe 10 days to actually explore that place. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and we don't, I can't say we do it all that well because we do work probably more than 40 hours. Yeah, we so work we, more than we should, but, <laughs> but yeah, at least. I think that's just the curse of working for yourself and having your own business is that, Absolutely. you know, it's hard to find that on off switch. And, you know, like we're having this phone call, it's eight o'clock at night when we're, you know, actually recording it when the people are listening, that's up to them. But, you know, if this was a regular job, you would schedule it between nine and five and that would be that. And, you know, so there is the flexibility aspect of it where like, you know, we had a bunch of stuff to do today. You did too, probably. So like, you know, whatever, but then it's also the flip side of it is that it's hard to turn it off when you probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on that. That's my, that's my goal. Yeah. For... <laughs> that is a goal. That's a goal for both of us is to kind of be able to shut it down and, and live a little more intentionally. Yes, definitely. Beautiful. When it comes back to your jobs, you know, you guys have your own company doing the marketing. What is the, what does the marketing look like for you guys? Like what type of marketing do you guys do and who are your clients uh, in a roundabout way? Well, we um we do I, we call it a marketing company for the sake of explanation. But what what we really are is a, a company that helps authors take their books from um, a written manuscript all the way to Amazon and and helps them sell their books via you know once they're on Amazon. So um, we help self 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 published authors publish. Um, I do all the creative, like cover design, interior, mm -hmm. ebook, things like that. Rich does all I the do production, all the, all the production, and a lot of the marketing that we help authors with. I help a little bit with that too. Um, so it's just an all-inclusive service for for um, for authors, either existing authors or first-time. We work with a lot of first-time authors, which is tons of fun. It, it's um, I've been doing graphic design for 31 years, and I think seven or eight. I've been working with authors and now that's all I do is just mm -hmm. authors. It's, it's just, it's so rewarding. It's some people have written their books for the last 10 years and they're finally getting it out there. Others um, have written for 20 years. Uh, we, we have quite a few authors that are in their late seventies and eighties. So they're finally getting their books out. And, so, and that is just absolutely wonderful to be able to help them with that. Yeah. And we work with all genres too. So we do, we will work with business owners putting out business books um, we'll work with fiction writers, memoir writers. Um, so we will pretty much work with anybody. If you've got a great, compelling story, we want to work with you. Beautiful. I think that's so cool for our audience to hear because, you know, everybody's always looking for a way to make income on the road. And so you've kind of just laid out two different ways, right? Like on the one side, as the author, you can be earning income from selling your published works. But then on the flip side, helping the author get their works published is another great remote work job that you can also do full-time on the road. Yeah. And there's um, uh, it, it, any graphic designers that might be listening that are looking for something to do on the road. I know that, you know, it you may, they may never have thought about the book industry, but I mean, hugely lucrative and tons of work out there. Um, and uh, graphic design is one of those things you can, you can easily do, um, from an RV. I mean, one of, that's one of the other reasons we have a big RV is because I have like a 38 inch monitor. I need, I need a big workspace. Yeah. We, we both have size workstations. Yeah. And, um, uh, but you can do it from the road and, and it's hundred percent remote. I mean, I can't remember the last time you needed to really, you know, be in person with somebody to do graphic design. It's been 20 years, I mm -hmm. think, or more. <laughs> I think I was remote when I started sort of on, on some level. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it, it is a, a good way to make, make money on the road for sure. And we've run, we've run into a few other RVing, um, full-time RVers that themselves are authors and they're out selling their books as they travel around. So. Alex, mm -hmm. Alex is an author. She's uh, written a couple books. 
I have a couple of guides on Amazon for sure. Well, and the the van life book that you wrote is more of like I feel like it's a little bit of both a uh, full story and the guide mm-hmm. in a sense. So Frank's always plugging my books for me. I, I tend she to never does it, but she should. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's I, the hardest thing for is, an author to do is promote their own book. I'm an author, mm-hmm. and I kind of let my books sit for two years um, because I just. I don't know. That's a whole story in itself, but um, I'm about, I'm actually ready to start promoting my book. Um, but it is tough. I mean, it's it's like anything you do that's creative. It's not just a product you're selling. It, it's you that you're selling. Yeah. And you you've got and that that can be scary and very vulnerable to put yourself out there because you, you want everybody to love you and love your book. And but not everybody's going to. And sometimes that's the mm-hmm. hardest thing to to accept. But um, mm-hmm. that's just the way life is. I need to get started on my first book. I don't really write, so I'm gonna probably do like a talk to text type of thing. But, <laughs> but I, uh, I have like a 71 mountains that I snowboarded in a single season, and uh, oh so it's like a, yeah, it's the most by anybody ever um, that I know of that I'm aware of. And uh, we had a really cool journey traveling out of our van doing it. So I would like to write that book, and that was only in three months that we did that. So. Uh, cause the wow. season shut down early and whatnot. So yeah, really cool book that I want to write, but I got to get around to writing it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, we work, um, obviously we work with a lot of editors that help our authors with their books. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but I'll throw it out here. There's also book writing coaches that will, that will actually walk you through this, the process of writing your book and help you keep it, you know, be organized, decide how you want to structure it and stuff like that. And, um, and so if you've never written before, or you don't think you can write, or it's, you know, they, they can, they can definitely help you. Um, you'd, you'd be surprised how easy it is with a little bit of uh, guidance from a coach. Yeah. And they act as accountability partners too, which is yeah. probably the biggest thing that they do. So they, they keep you on track. If you guys determine a timeline that you want to get your book out, they'll make sure you stay on that timeline. Yeah. That's they're cool. very helpful. Sounds like you've just named another job that people could do remotely. <laughs> yeah, well, edit, you know, edit, editing you could yeah, do. Uh, I don't sure. think, do we have any editors that are, um, we have one other, um, somebody else we work with in the in the industry. He's a full-time RVer too. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of stuff you could do remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the book industry is something that's kind of like untapped. And I think definitely in the last couple of years with the rise of like self-publishing, it's become much more like mm-hmm. a equal opportunity kind of place where before it was like you had to have, you know, a publishing company and you had to, you know, work with the big guys and blah, blah, blah. But now it's like very much like anybody can write a book and anybody can publish a book and, you know, it's available to anybody. You just have to have the drive and the dedication and the, you know, to sit down and write it and edit it and do all the things and, you know, make it actually happen. Yeah, it's yeah. a ton of work, but if you're committed to it, yes, if anybody can put a book on Amazon. It does not even cost anything to put a, put a book on Amazon. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's an equal opportunity, that's for sure, which is mm-hmm. really wonderful for us. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So what inspired you guys to get into the YouTube game as well? Well, when when the business when the business closed, um, we we were in the gluten free space, and that's because I'm I'm gluten and dairy free and have been for so almost 17 years, and um, it, it meant a lot to me. That was one of the things that was hardest to accept as we were letting down the gluten free community. So we felt like we I you know we wanted to keep giving back. So before we got on the road the year the year before that, we started doing the cooking videos, the gluten-free cooking videos. And it's something I've always wanted to do anyways. I thought it would be fun. 
and and Rich loved we both cook and and we both love doing videos. So we started that and then we kind of folded in our RV into the, morphed life. into the RV channel. Basically it, it morphed into the RV channel when we started shopping for rigs yeah. and started the process of paring down the house, getting rid of the house, packing things up. Um, it was it was really kind of a how-to. It, it, yeah. you know, while yeah. we were doing the process, it was a how-to of how to get on the road. Yeah, and then and then now now we we've kind of pivoted back to more cooking. So um, and a little bit of RV stuff because it's just it it, it can be too much to you know, have a camera in our hands all the time going, oh, this would be good for the video. That'd be good, you know, or that's not good for the video. Don't put that in the video. Um, but so the cooking stuff is, and that's where our passion really is, is we we love to cook and we love to share recipes with, with people. And um, we're going to do some more RV uh content because we're going to our the Hershey RV show uh, next week. So give us some content we should probably share. <laughs> Nice. As you've been traveling, have you found it easy or hard to kind of stick with the gluten-free lifestyle? Obviously, there's grocery stores everywhere, and I'm sure there's different food options. But like, you know, it looks like you guys have been having fun kind of finding these different restaurants and things. And so has it been enjoyable? Has it been hard, like keeping to your diet? Um, it's it's not hard because I've done it for so long. And it's it's and I have to I mean, I'm I'm just not not well if I don't so I, I never cheat um, I'm past that point but what I eat uh, is, is determined by what I can find in the grocery stores to some extent we we cook probably 95% of everything we eat we don't eat a lot of, we don't, you know no packaged foods hardly at all if, unless you count pasta dried pasta um, so, so we bake a lot of the stuff that, that we eat as well as gluten-free um, but the, the dairy-free side um, there's quite a few things I do like like dairy free you know sour cream and cream and you know stuff like that and those are hard to find as you travel throughout the country so when we know we're going to an area we don't we're not sure about the grocery stores we'll stock up where on those things it's probably a handful we say five or seven products that we stock up on before we leave a, a more populated area just in case <laughs> which usually turns out that that was a good idea to do so for that five percent of the time where you have eaten out what has been like the best gluten-free food and uh, like what, what was it? We don't typically seek out gluten-free food per se. What we've learned um, along the way and, and, and many, much of what we learned is because we, we worked with restaurants so closely when we had that business in Denver. Um, if you go to any fine dining restaurant where they're at farm to table, you know, scratch made, nearly anything on the menu can be made gluten and dairy free because the chefs are, you know, they, they come back and say, hey, we got this person. Can you take this off or that off? They're usually very accommodating. So we kind of try to stay to those types of restaurants. So that way I don't have to go, you know, pulling up a gluten free app to find out where to eat gluten free because typically I don't. I won't eat the pizza. I won't eat buns, stuff like that, because I make my own and it's usually better. <laughs> so, so it's it's more fine dining. We do a lot of drinking and app and appetizing because <laughs> that makes it easier too. You just go to a bar, have a drink, and get a you know a couple appies, and most of the time that's that's easier. Um, but we don't seek out like you know gluten free type comfort foods or anything like that. And then Rich doesn't have any food restrictions. So one of the things we love to do. And we've done this in the la uh, quite a few of our last videos. Is um, one example was the um, Michigan is known for a olive burger, which most people don't know that. 
Um, I didn't know that. And um, so we had to seek out the olive burger, but I couldn't eat the olive burger. So Rich had to do sample all the olive burgers. It was a terrible thing. Um, and then I, I, I did look at them and smell them. And so then we, we came back we and, our own recipes, and we created our own so that I could eat it. So it was on our gluten-free bun and stuff like that. And we, we, we do that quite a bit. We started doing that about six months ago. And I think we're going to do more of it because it's really fun. Yeah, because then you kind of almost get the best of both worlds. Like Rich gets to try all the local delicacies and then you get to have your gluten-free version of it. And then you're showing people that like you can make these delicious foods yourself and even out of an RV. Oh, yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. And the added challenge of trying to recreate something from a restaurant um with one for me without eating it and two, even with eating it, sometimes it's difficult to figure out, okay, what, what ingredients are going on there? So it's, it's the ultimate challenge. Um, so yeah, we're definitely loving doing that. Super fun. Yeah. It's really unique. I, I feel like, uh, I think I love the concept of the, you know, try something and see if you could recreate it because I, I feel like that in itself, like even if you took one home with you, and then you kind of like compared deconstructed them, it. you know, deconstructed and compared the one you made compared to the one that they made. And then you could really see like the subtle differences possibly, or if they look exactly the same. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you go to a restaurant and you like it and go, oh my God, this is really, really good. But what if it had this or what if it had that? Mm -hmm. And so then you can make it how, how you want to make it. Um, mm -hmm. One of the there's this one recipe I've been chasing for a long time. I grew up in Florida um, in the Tarpon Springs area. I don't know if you've ever been down there. Um, and um, they have a huge Greek population in Tarpon Springs. It's pretty much almost all Greek. And I grew up with Greek salad. And I didn't know this until I much later in life I started eating Greek salads around the country is there is not a delicious pile of potato salad at the bottom of every Greek salad around the country. It doesn't exist anywhere but Tarpon Springs. And I am a potato salad fiend. I love it. I could eat it all day, every day. And so uh, we were there last year because I hadn't had it in 30 years. And so I think I almost have it recreated at this one restaurant that it's my favorite. But I'm go we're going back next year because I've, I've got I need more research. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been that? so disappointed the first time you got a Greek salad somewhere else and you were like, digging to get to the bottom and there was nothing there and you were like I, was in, I think it was in Detroit there's a huge Greek population in Detroit and we we found a great place and you you're like where's the potato salad at yeah. the bottom of the Greek salad I'm like that's not a thing outside of no I should have known better and then I, I went and I googled and and the 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 restaurant that was famous in Tarpon Springs actually created that potato salad added to a Greek salad uh, way, way back in the day, but I had didn't do my research, but now I know. And um, so I'm working on that. And when I perfect that, that that'll be a, a video I will be very happy um, to get out. And then we also in Detroit went to this amazing Mediterranean restaurant and they had a terrific tahini sauce and a tabula, tabbouleh. And so I'm going to be working on recreating that. But I have to recreate that from memory. So, and your memory, because you made some too. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, we're excited to see the videos on that. And then we can recreate it ourselves because you're making me hungry just <laughs> imagining all these delicious dishes. And we just got done with dinner. So that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so let me take you guys back a little bit. You mentioned that you had kind of committed and made this decision to move into the RV and then spent two years 
you know, waiting for your son to graduate high school and putting all your ducks in a row and things like that. So if anybody was kind of listening to the podcast who's in this position where they're planning and they're prepping and they're, you know, deciding what they're going to do or how they're going to get on the road, what were the steps that you guys took that you found were really helpful um, in kind of getting yourselves prepped to go full-time? I'm off of losing the business. Um, I still had uh, Rich wasn't even working in in the marketing business at that time, but but I but I still had it. I was I was doing both, and um, so we had to rebuild that that business back from what it was before the gluten free business. So that was partly the two year. Um, I think didn't Dawson graduate in twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah. So he graduated in twenty one. So I mean, theoretically, I guess we could have left in twenty one, but then again, it was COVID, so I guess we, not a good time to start a new endeavor like this. Um, but I think that looking back, wouldn't you say it was two years was a good amount of time mm-hmm. to um, really think about how we were going to live? Um, we didn't want to rush into this. Uh, we because. I probably should state this, that um, prior to uh, April of 2022, I have never traveled in an RV, been in an RV, been in an RV <laughs> other than I did a, a couple tours of an RV. I never really went camping. I, I'd never stayed at a campground. I didn't know anything. I just knew I would like it. And I had two years to really think about it. I could have backed out, I guess. But um, And then, you know, Rich told me a lot about his life when he did it. We watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um but we did everything really, really slowly because I think if we had crammed everything that we had to do in a year, it might have been overwhelming. It, it would have been overwhelming for yeah, sure. Yeah, because it's it's a lot of change. You know, you're going from about 2,400 square feet to 400 square feet. You have all this stuff. And we prided ourselves on, on not being pack rats and having much stuff. But when you've got to go through all those crates you've been saving. We, we and this, were that, shocked and at how like, much stuff we actually had. It was a lot of stuff. And I think it's it, it's a it's a process of letting go and convincing yourself or you know reimagining what your life looks like that you don't need all these things. Um, and then once you start throwing stuff away, at least for me, I was then it becomes easy. Yeah, I was just throwing stuff away like willy nilly. I didn't care. And then right before we left, my mom's like, you know, you know that stuff I gave you, all the will information. I'm like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, threw it away. Sorry. <laughs> So I threw away the important stuff too. So luckily it was all online. She could reprint it. So I think (laughs) think the bottom line is um, you really have to think about one, how you live, two, what you have, and then three, what happens on the other side. So if you plan, like for us, we got together later in life between the two of us, we had a mishmash of things. So there wasn't a lot of things that were really important to us. Um, if you're someone who your stuff's important to you and you know you're only going to be on the road for a couple of years, then maybe a storage unit is right for you and you want to save those things. For us, for our situation, it really wasn't. But I, I think you need to to take a good hard look at the at the beginning, being on the road, and then what happens when you come off the road too. Is you have to be really intentional about all three of those pieces. Kind of got to set yourself up for that. We do have a storage unit. We don't have a big one. We have a small one. Um, but a very small amount of stuff that we actually kept. Yes. And um, and now there's probably more of my paintings in the storage unit than anything else. And um, there were things that we brought with us. And after a year, um, we yeah, purged. We didn't need. Yeah, we purged again. So we, you know, we thought, oh, we're going to use this. We're going to use that. It wasn't a ton of stuff, but, you know, it's like we didn't need it. So we left that back in the storage. Um, so I think a storage unit 
I don't see how you can not have a storage unit. Cause you're always going to have childhood mementos or children, you know, mementos from your, your children, photos, stuff like that. That usually will go in a storage unit, but there's no furniture. We have one glass um, sofa table. That's it. That's yeah, the only that's furniture it. we saved. Um, everything else is just stuff and, and a bicycle and other stuff yeah, like that. Just minor stuff that we kept. Yeah. Well, very nicely done on that. We totally understand what it takes to downsize. It is not easy the first time you're doing it because you're just not used to decluttering. And I feel like everything has a meaning, even like the cord for me. It was like the cords, they all had meaning to me. Uh, and it was so hard to just like release those things. So kudos to that. Rich, the first time you were traveling, um, were you traveling solo? No, I was I was with um, another spouse, a different spouse at the time. <laughs> not another spouse. Yeah, a <laughs> not another spouse, one, a yeah. different one. <laughs> uh, and that that trip was very intentional too, because we it, it was the it was designed to only last two years, and the end goal was to figure out a place to live other than the metro Detroit area of Michigan. Um, so every so we kept everything, and everything was put in storage. Um, so we basically had a 2,400 square foot house in storage waiting while we traveled on the road. And then we found our place in Denver, decided to land, had the moving truck move everything over to Denver, and then life went on from there. I think it's it's wrong to say to, to people, you know, just go and figure it out. I think you'll have a more successful beginning during your trip and after your trip if you're if you're really intentional about what you're doing why you're out on the road, and then what your plans are when you land. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. agree with that. And the other thing we always tell people when you're thinking about doing this, it worked for us. I'm going to say it's going to work for everybody, but something we did is we did a lot of um, uh, visualizing what our life on the road was going to look like. So when we had a really good idea, um, probably, uh, well, we did have a good idea toward the end of 21, which rig we were getting. And so we knew the layout. Yeah, I had it etched to memory. And, and I we would both just imagine um, daydream and imagine in a, 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 a day, it's like, okay, I'm going to work here. What's that going to look like? Okay. I got to get up and go to the refrigerator and get something to drink. And so I, I just visualize myself going through the rig, uh, you know, all, you know, the entire day I wake up in the morning, I go to bed at night and for me and then for, and for Rich did the same thing. It felt good. And then when we were deciding on our rigs, we would do that with the each rig and, and really break down how are we going to live in this rig? Yeah, I think the RV people thought we were crazy because we would we would yeah. literally go there and just sit in a rig for 15 or 20 minutes and just kind just of there. visualize <laughs> our days and what we were doing. And I think they looked at us going, these people are crazy. Yeah, but it, it helped us to decide because there was um, there was a couple different um, rigs. We, we, we've, we looked at a toy hauler because of the ability to have offices in the back. And we had to really think that through. And we're so happy we didn't go in that direction because right now we're in the same room because for the most part, an RV is all one big room except for the bathroom and the bedroom. And so we can't both be on Zoom calls at the same time um, because uh, it's too loud, um, both for the Zoom call and for us. And so if we had done the toy hauler, we it would have been even worse because we would have been right next to each other. So even a phone call or you know, it's just, it, it wouldn't have worked. So mm -hmm. what we have now, we're, we're split up. He's in the upper level because you walk up to the kitchen and walk down to the living room and I'm in the lower level. So at least we have different levels. Yeah. And I will say that like that guy that was probably judging you thinking that you're nuts when you, before you were buying it, I think he's in the wrong if anything, because the people that were buying it were just going looking in and going, yep, this is perfect. 
Or, oh, I like the colors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, that's yeah. a nice looking couch. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the ones making the wrong decision because they're not really being intentional, you know, with their decision because they, they're not visualizing or thinking about how they would live in it. Like one of the things that we say to a lot of people, like you really don't know how you're going to live in an RV space mostly until you actually do it, right? At least once. After that, then you normally change your build or whatever it is to the way you operate. And especially as a couple, you know, you're going to operate much differently than if you're by yourself. So the layout of your rig or of the the place that you're going to live in has to be, you know, intentional for the way that you guys are going to work around each other. So like we knew for our rig, the last one, that Alex does a ton of cooking. So Alex needed to have the physical space in the kitchen for me to be able to still walk by her and be able to get to the other side of the rig and get out of the rig and this and that while she's cooking. So we made sure that our space was wide enough to fit more than a yoga mat in the middle. So that way we could easily walk by one another. But like that's an intentional thought on how we built it. So that way we could have the best living situation possible in such a tiny little space. But I will say that most people go into their first rig just with like the rose colored glasses of like, this is nice. Or like this should work or, you know, Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) This will be great in the photos, but I think what's more important, like I love the idea of visualizing yourself in the space. And that's why we tell people too, like when you're building your own van, do you know, tape it out in your living room tape it out on the floor, look at the layout, look at the floor plan, pretend you're in it, like stand at your sink, pretend you're washing dishes, go sit in the fake chair. And like, how is this going to be to work? What would you need around you? Would you need a plug? Would you need a USB? Where's the, you know, router going to be for your internet? Like there's so many little minute details in these things that if you don't, think about it and I love the idea of like visualizing living the day from like when you wake up to when you go to bed because then you can really think about okay what it, what would make me happy when I'm making my coffee in the morning to how am I going to do my nighttime routine and get ready for bed you know so you can really find a space that's like perfect for you and your lifestyle yeah I I almost feel like that's even more critical in a in a van situation because typically you have to put your bed up to be able to cook or to you know stow things away or to put your table up to work or things so it feels like it'd be even more critical than being in a larger rig like we are Mm -hmm. yes correct but like with your rig i mean they're all um you know an expense and your investment thing but i would venture to bet that like you know like a big rv like you have plus a truck and blah 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 would probably cost more than what somebody who's, you know, building out their own RV or like, you know, camper van would be. So to go into one of these RV dealers with reckless abandon and, you know, basically buy a house on wheels for the same cost as like a mortgage and then to not like it, that's a huge problem. Well, it is, and it's a depreciating asset. So you roll it off the lot. Six months later, you decide you don't like it and you want to get another one. You're, yeah, I mean, yeah, how much are you in the hole for? And that's something we saw as we were watching um, YouTube, uh, RV channels on YouTube or in the in the buildup is there were two or three channels where they got a rig, they got on the road, and less than a year later, they're getting a new rig. Um, mm-hmm. And and so we were, that, that made us be even more intentional because we, we didn't want to, 
do that. One that seems very disruptive. Two, it seems very expensive. Um, and so we're we're happy that I mean I every day I look around it's like there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing we'd change. Nothing we I, we would change whatsoever. Yeah. Right. And that 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 seems to go kind of both directions too. Like we've seen YouTube channels where the people bought these gigantic RVs and then they found out they were afraid to drive them. We saw people that bought class B's thinking, you know, oh, I'll be mobile and, you know, be able to go and pick up and do anything and go like, oh my God, this is too small. I can't do this. So I've seen it in every direction, people making the wrong decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's not that it's always going to be foolproof, but the more, you know, the more intentional you can be, obviously the better. Yeah, totally agree. So if there, if there's any advice that you could give to the people out there on the road, what, give me some advice that you would give to say yourselves uh, before you were going to get into this lifestyle? Um, better like bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're everywhere. Um, strange bugs, bugs you've never seen before. Um, what would you say? Would that? That's probably my biggest one. Just like bugs, um, yeah. and like and you can't be afraid of people because depending on where you stay, you could be right right next to your neighbor, or you could have some space. So um, that if yeah. you're not used to that, that can be kind of shocking, especially on a big weekend. If you're in a, a weekender park and you're sitting outside and everybody's like cornered up to each other, so you're basically you know hanging out with everybody else's family. So. <laughs> better like people that's for sure yeah and i one piece of advice i would give people is for sure plan ahead the the days of kind of being adventurous and just being able to wing it are those days are really tough um i think you know we don't boondock personally we you know because we're staying in in full full hookup campgrounds but even boondocking is getting more difficult now because places are filling up with people and things like that so you really have to you really kind of have to plan your adventure out further than you think you do. Yeah, and you bring up a good point about boondocking. When we when we were planning this, we were we we're like, okay, we're getting solar. Definitely, we're getting solar. And then we thought about it as it got closer, and we really we I guess we did the visualization of the boondocking, and we're like, we're not, we're never boondocking. We don't need any solar. I mean, that would have been such a huge mistake, expensive mistake for us to get solar. I mean, granted, yeah, we have a residential fridge. We would like to be able to go more than 24 hours without having to to plug in for, you know, for it to keep running. So, you know, some small amount of solar might be nice. But, boy, if we had gotten a solar system, we, would, we wouldn't have used it. Because we've really stayed out east more. We went, we went back to Colorado a couple times. Um, but there's not a lot of, there's boondocking out here, but it's not like boondocking out in the yeah, West. Yeah, not yeah. like on BLM land. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we didn't do that. And I think that we went through this rash of watching a ton of RV channels getting their solar system. We're like, oh my God, look at that. Isn't that great? And so I think sometimes people may think you have to have solar. And if you're not boondocking, you don't need solar. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, really the solar is specifically for being off-grid. If like you don't want to have to hook up to... Uh, you know, a electrical hookup or a water hookup, you're going to need bigger tanks and you're going to need more batteries and more solar if you want to, if you want to have that type of situation. But for you guys, it really feels like the best situation is the RV park because of the amount of rig that you have, uh, you know, between the truck and the rig, you know? Um, and I feel like even for myself, if I had that specific st- style of rig, that's probably where I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Myself. Especially on the East Coast. Because like you said, 
finding those free boondocking sites, even in a camper, like in our ProMaster, it's Mm -hmm. hard to find like real legit boondocking spots on the East Coast. We spend a lot of time at like Walmarts and Cracker Barrels Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it's just a different vibe, West Coast versus East Coast. So if you're going to be RVing on the East Coast, you really have to plan ahead, like you said. And so thinking about that, do you guys have any like tried and true rules for staying in RV parks as people who have done it for a while? Is there anything that you kind of are like rules that you live by when you stay at RV parks or rules that you wish other people would adhere to yeah. when they're staying at the yeah. RV park next Most to you? Those rules would be for other people. Yeah. Perfect. We yeah. want to hear them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will say that for the most part, people are good. Um, yes. I think um, dogs would be the, the the biggest thing we are absolute dog lovers we we had an old guy we thought was going to come on the road with us but he passed away before we left which was very right sad before right left. before we left yeah. um but we love dogs but we do not love when you leave your dog in your rv and you go somewhere and that dog barks all day, all day. Yep. And, and and then if you leave your dog outside tethered to a a picnic table with a six foot leash and you just ignore them for three hours and you know things like that very annoying for us and we see it far too often and i think we see it more in weekenders than we do you know full-timers or part-timers because right. they, they had to bring the dog along you know um the other thing would be um personal space when it comes to your campsite you do not walk through <laughs> You just don't walk through the middle of a campsite and think that's okay mm-hmm. uh what would you got any other ones no, I think, I, well, I think the one thing that was shocking for us, and this was a bit of adjustment because we are working during the week, um, you know, when ev- anybody else in the campground is on vacation. So I guess we have to check ourselves mm-hmm. and it's like, we have to be okay with people making noise and kids running around because the the campground we came to work at, folks came to vacation to at. Yeah. So that that was the one, that was the one area we had to check ourselves was say, mm-hmm okay, we're working, there's going to be some noise outside because people here are vacationing, they're not working and living like we are. Yeah, and so that was a bit of an adjustment, but we have double pane windows and air conditioning, so we're okay. Yeah, so we're yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's great that you at least have that understanding of, oh, wait, you know, they're all vacationing and I'm the one here working. Like, Even though it's Monday. Because a lot of people might get upset and want to like pop out their window and be like, shut up, you know, like, <laughs> but that's, you know, you're at that point, you're in the wrong. You know what I mean? Like if it was a different situation where there was like one person party, <laughs> you yeah. know, and then you're like, all right, everybody's mad at you, man. Like calm down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good awareness. Yeah. We, we, we understand everybody's here having fun. We stay in a what seems to be a lot of weekender parks. I don't know how I we plan this. So they're very quiet during the week, which I think most RV parks are like this. So we get we get a lot of time during the week where it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, it's just like places packed. And right. so that, that works out well for us. Well, and then on the weekends, you're taking the truck well, out, well, going adventuring and whatever. And, you know, it is what it is. And maybe it's a good um, reminder to be like, I shouldn't be working today. Yeah. <laughs> I should be having fun like these other people who can remind me that it is the weekend. It's time to yeah, get to exactly. the RV. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of times like having a beginning, middle, and end of like your van life and planning for that. So we haven't heard what's your end of van life plan. Um, we don't, we don't, well, okay. So we do, we do have a plan. We, we left Colorado. We have a plan. We don't have a time frame. I yeah, think as a fair then, assessment, yes, we no, have a plan, is, but we don't have a time frame for it. 
when we do land, we'll be landing in Michigan outside of Detroit. We um we uh we moved our residents there this year. Matter of fact, we moved my parents there. So wherever my mom is, that's where our address is. Um, so they are there. His mom is there. The rest of his family. So we will be going to the Detroit area um, when we land, but we don't know when that's going to be yet. Could be two years. It could be three. We're just we're gonna wait till we we know we're gonna wake up one day. We're gonna both look at each other and go, okay, I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever that day happens. And we will just, I, th- I don't know what we're going to do house-wise. I don't know if I could live in a big house anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're trying you to find just a park that wherever you're going. What? You could just park that wherever you're going and still live we, out of it. We've actually talked about that. Yeah, but that's kind of hard in winter. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to live in this through a, 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 Michigan, a Michigan winter. winter. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, if you got the right type of heating, you might be able to do it. We, I don't know. We, actually, I might look into that. we exclusively camped like in the first three months of our living in a van. We exclusively camped in the winter. And we, oh, we've done winter pretty much every year, except last year when we went to Central America. And we still did a little bit of winter. We yeah, we found Utah. So it is very possible for sure. And especially with everything that you guys have, you like the fireplace, you yeah. got a heater. The you only know? time it got cold in the van was um it was minus 30 it was outside, minus 30 fahrenheit i think it was minus 35 and oh, wow. that that night was the night was cool like in the van the I heater think, was going but it couldn't get over 60 because it yeah. was just like it was yeah. like hanging at 60 overnight uh <laughs> oh, which wow. is fine to sleep in with all your blankets and your cozy socks and but, things but through the day you don't want that you know what i mean and during the day the temperature would come up to about 72 in the van so it was really comfortable but it was just the nighttime got really, really cold. So I'm sure there's many different things you could install or put in to like help out, um, especially if you're hooked up to uh, like a 50 amp, you know, power. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, they have great uh, AC systems like um, the split units that you could put in <laughs> and uh, you can run that off of a lot less electricity than if it was like a, you know, a specific, a different type of heater. So something to think oh. about. Well, thanks for that. We may have to do some research because I, yeah. I wouldn't mind staying in Hawaii for a long time. For sure. So. <laughs> now you're going to be watching all the winter RV vans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's another research phase. We love it. Thank yeah. you guys so much for being on the show. It's really been a pleasure chatting with you. What an awesome conversation with these guys. I always find it so interesting just to see how other people do it. Yeah, they're not boondockers like we are, but, you know, it's another way of just living life on the road. Yeah, and I don't think that you have to be a boondocker to be, you know, living life on the road. It's just whatever is going to make you feel comfortable and enjoy your travels because that's really what it's all about. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing or what all the cool kids are doing. If this is how you picture your life on the road, then that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, even like for us, I think that having the baby, we might wind up spending a little bit more time in campgrounds and stuff too as well, just for the simple aspect of being able to clean those diapers. Yeah, like laundry, (laughs) even just like unlimited water, like things that... You know, for two people on the road, plus a dog who really doesn't require very much, it's been pretty easy to be off-grid almost all of the time because, you know, we fill up water once every two weeks about, unlimited electricity from the solar panels. 
you know, laundry once a month, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're really fortunate for having to do it, the like doing it the way we do it and being like so minimal with it. And the other good thing is like, since you're breastfeeding and stuff, you, we don't need like extra water for the baby so much. Yeah. Or just like maybe to like clean, to sterilize the bottles and things like that. I'm definitely drinking a lot more water just generally, but like. I think the biggest thing for us right now is probably just, like, the laundry aspect of it. Like, could we get a laundry machine into our next build? It depends on how big it is, I think. Yeah, I mean, they obviously sell, like, RV-sized ones that are, like, the washer-dryer combo in one. But then you need the electricity to be able to run that. So, you know, or you could hand wash everything, but it's, you know, it's like water and then where are you going to hang it to dry? And Well, personally, I also been thinking about like creating a luxury styled, you know, bus or box truck or whatever it is that we decide to build. So I was thinking about going a little bit beefier on that electric system, you know, being able to fit enough panels to really live life off grid with a baby. I think that would be kind of cool to challenge ourselves and get there, but also have the luxuries that we never had on the road. We never had like real luxury air conditioning. We never had those experiences of that. So I wonder how that would feel for us and if it would feel even more relaxed than yeah. what it was, especially with the baby. I want to try to make our lives as easy as possible now. Yeah, I mean, if we could get the kind of setup that Rich and Victoria have in a completely off grid, I mean, we don't need a fireplace. I'll say that much, but, you know, it would be nice. <laughs> it would. I, I will say, too, that our rig is definitely going to be smaller because we do want to be able to park in those, like, you know, parking lot spots. Well, and, and be mobile. I think the thing for us, when we see our friends who have the big buses, well, A, it comes with the big price tag of your gas tank, so that's why they don't normally move very often. But then it also comes with the added expense of usually some kind of a tow vehicle. Mm -hmm. So now you're paying for two vehicles, you know, your home, and then also a vehicle. You're paying for gas for both, or you're towing the one. It just it gets a lot more expensive to have the big bus with the car. And I don't know. I don't know. If that's the kind of way that we would want to travel, because those people tend to like go to a campsite and then stay there for like a month. And also you want to think a little bit, you know, the bigger the bus, the more the money, you know, not only to renovate it, but also to fix things if if you have to fix it. You yeah. know, so if you get a little bit smaller of a bus, it might still be kind of as expensive as a van and so on and so forth. So you really got to think about all the different aspects to it. The one great thing we have going for us is there's nothing that I'm not willing to take on when it comes to fixing. I mean, obviously, I dropped the whole new engine into a car, which is kind of mind-blowing still to me. I can't believe mm -hmm. I did that, and it worked, and it does. It runs well. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. There's, a, there's a way to get it done. Well, now we're just procrastinating on everything because we got the van back and we haven't touched it since we got it back from the welder, which took a real long time. But now with the baby here, it's a lot harder to find time to work. We're really just kind of settling into life with the baby and the wake-ups and the breastfeeding and feeding ourselves. And then by the time that we've done all that, the day is half gone and then you're exhausted. And so, I don't know, we're just kind of like catching our feet, but... There's still a lot of work left to do on the Sun Raider. Yeah, and we're so happy that we get to talk to everybody on these podcasts and give you guys information. You know, it means a lot to us to be able to speak to you guys. Let us know what it means to you. 
You can leave a, a review. A five-star review would be excellent. It helps the podcast grow and it allows us to con- continue to keep doing this. And we're so grateful that we get to do this for a living and talk to you guys and help you on the road. And if there's any questions that you have, please let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram. You go check out our YouTube channel. Maybe we've already answered it for you guys. And we just want to say thank you so much and we love you all for listening. Yeah, and we hope that you all have an FNA day. Everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.